Hello, and welcome to Tea is Good, Books Are Better, the podcast where we drink tea and talk about books. I'm Raven. Jeff. What? (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) All I heard was Jeff. Ika? Like, I'm Jess. Jessica? <laughs> Alright, that's Jessica. And we are finally back from our long hiatus. Yeah. Another one. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on vacation, so... Is that why we went mm-hmm. on hiatus? Yeah. Okay. You were in Mexico. <laughs> yes, and it's been such a headache trying to get home. But uh, we won't get into that. Because <laughs> I could be here all day complaining about WestJet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just been dealing with a lot of that. <laughs> Uh, but we're back. We are back, and we have more chapters of A Feast for Crows. Heck yeah, we do. Uh, but before we get to that, um, <laughs> would like to thank our patrons over on Patreon. Ooh. Yeah, we have Tobias, Eric, yes. Jake, yes. and yes. Barum. Ooh. Thank you. Kings, salute. (laughs) Salute to the kings. Salute. (laughs) If you would like to join them and get a shout out on the podcast, feel free to hop on over to patreon.com slash better. Next week, we will be posting one of our mini episodes over on Patreon. And it's going to be a video with face cam of us watching... The Red Wedding episode with our brother. His first time. It is his first time. So if you want to see how he reacts to the Red Wedding, please go check us out on Patreon. All right. <laughs> what are we drinking today? Well, cinnamon chamomile tea. I think I've had it a few times before. That sounds nice. It's very delicious. I always come back to it. You, you said cinnamon chamomile? Apple cinnamon. Oh, apple cinnamon. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another one of your You've heard Christmas ones. Yeah, I know that shit. All right. <laughs> um, well, you also know my shit. I'm drinking the same hazelnut vanilla nut cream thing. I think it's just vanilla nut cream. Like, I've never heard of hazelnut. What? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not hazelnut. I don't know where I got that from. Vanilla nut cream with oat milk and honey. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I noticed that Superstore is selling David's Tea Cream of Earl Grey. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That stuff's some. pretty good. But I do have to say, it does not compare to the Great Wall Tea. Probably. <laughs> Double Cream Earl Grey. It <laughs> blows it out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now when I drink the David's Tea double cream all gray it's like it tastes like water oh shit <laughs> yep i've been spoiled high maintenance yeah. high maintenance tea drinker now become a tea snob yeah <laughs> uh for sure 
All right. Where did we leave off our characters? Uh, let's see. Brienne meets with a man named Nimble Dick, who claims to have helped find passage for three people out of Restoros, including a fool. Brienne hopes to find Sansa through him. Right. Then I had completely forgotten about this Nimble Dick guy. Oh. It's but you're confused when you read that chapter then. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we have the crane maker who we have not yet gone into. Ariane Martel seems to have manipulated her Ares into handing over Marcella to her because she has this plan of crowning her instead of Tommen. Yes. Or crowning her and going to war against Tommen. I'm not quite sure. Uh, it kind of gets into a little bit. I guess we'll see. Alright. <laughs> Alright, so we're starting with chapter 20. And that is... Bria! Bri okay. <laughs> Bria! Bria! You sound like a chicken. Bria! <laughs> Uh, all right, right take it away hey Priyan and pod are being led by nimble dick or crab he's got lots of names throughout the chapter i'm just gonna call him dick from now on <laughs> okay yeah the first note of mine is i forget who this guy is he's <laughs> <laughs> got so many names it's confusing oh my god i feel like that's like, a lot of characters throughout the chapter it's either nimble dick or it's dick or it's crab and it's like over and over and over and i'm like Pick a name. Yeah, Brand. it almost it gets <laughs> it gets kind of frustrating sometimes. <laughs> it's like, okay, this side character does he really need like fucking ten different nicknames? I get that he's <laughs> makes t tells a lot of stories about himself throughout their travels, but Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> like I see I... where George's time was going while writing. Yeah. <laughs> too busy flushing out all these side characters. You're too busy like making a list of nicknames for fucking Nimble Dick. Pointless. <laughs> okay, so they're they're being led by Dick east of Maidenpool to Crack Claw Point. After a night at an inn whilst traveling, Crab tries to talk his way into sharing a room with them. Which worries Brianna enough to suspect that he might try to pull something on them. So she warns Podrick to keep an eye on him. Uh, the next day, while she's peeing in a bush, she hears Pod ask him what he's doing. And when she comes back, she sees that he is being trying to dig through her purse. She tells him that her gold is on her. The one on her horse is just filled with coppers and flour to make it look bigger. <laughs> that's that's kind of smart. Yeah. If she's ever robbed. She's given the big bag and his fucking flower and coppers. And she can see who tried to rob her too, because they're gonna be covered mm -hmm. in flour. Ah! <laughs> Mart. Mm -hmm. um, as they travel, uh, Dick would try to engage them in songs and stories. He mm -hmm. tells a lot of about the different lords of Cracklaw Point and the different heroes, which I believe include him. He is shocked that Brienne has never heard of Sir Clarence Krabs, who I think he's claiming to be related to. Right. Brienne tells him of a legend hero, the singer's song of Intarth, who is Sir Galadin of Morn, 
the perfect knight. Sir Galadin was a champion of such valor and honor that even the maiden fell in love with him. Like one of the seven. Oh, and she's supposed to be like the pure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like the virgin. <laughs> yeah. And gave him an enchanted blade called the Just Maid. Hmm. Crab thinks that the tale is ridiculous and thinks he sounds more like the perfect fool, <laughs> which is rude. <laughs> Crab tells her about how Sir Clarence Crabs can totally kick Sir Galadin's butt, <laughs> which Brienne is just like, okay. Dude, that sounds like when you're in fucking <laughs> elementary school and you're like, my dad's cooler than your dad. <laughs> my dad drives a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like okay <laughs> let's compete our heroes yeah but she she's definitely not playing along she's like tolerating his chatterboxness <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. um they spend that night in a hay barn brianna and pod take the loft and they force crab to stay below and he's pretty unhappy that she still doesn't trust him before passing out, she remembers facing her suitors. Suitors. Her what? No. Right. <laughs> her huh? <laughs> her suitor. Oh, her suitors. <laughs> no, my tongue just did its own thing. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, she remembers facing her suitors in combat. Um, because she. Every time that her father would bring someone who wanted to wed her, she demanded that they had to beat her in a fight. <laughs> oh! Uh... <laughs> Hell yeah. She kicked all of their asses. And she remembers her last suitor, Loris Tyrell. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he uh, tried to to get her a hand in marriage, probably pushed by his father. Of or course. grandma, who knows. Of course. Who had never even looked at her before. Uh, the roses on his shield had filled her with a rage that gave her a tremendous strength to kick as a bum. Oh, why the roses? I don't know. I feel like she felt like she was snubbed by him this whole time and suddenly here he is wanting to uh, fight for her. She's oh. like, fuck you. Oh, I see. And then she falls asleep and dreams of Sir Jamie fastening a rainbow cloak on her. Sorry. What? Wait, <laughs> huh? Crush alert? Wait. And apparently Jamie has taken Renly's place in her subconsciousness. Oh! <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah. Dang, Jamie. Just <laughs> <laughs> weaseling his way in there, huh? Into mm -hmm. her fancy. Oh. The next morning it's raining and it rains all day, which sucks if you're on horseback with no umbrellas. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it gets dark, there are no inns nearby anymore, so they're forced to make camp amongst some rocks. Nimble Dick warns them of the squishers, which are creatures that look like men until you get close. They're fish creatures that steal girls to breed with and eat boys. Hmm. So it sounds like... So sorry, you up hearing. Mm -hmm. Sounds gross. I don't like them. It sounds like one of those. Uh, uh. Oh, what are those paranormal things that you just like can randomly see around? You're supposed to be kind of humanoid. 
it's like a it's a broad umbrella term for like paranormal kind of like for the creatures um yeah. shit. i think you're the one who first yeah spoke i do this word know to me. it <laughs> this always happens like it's huge brain fart cryptid yeah. oh is it cryptid cryptids are what you call animals that or creatures that have not been discovered so like bigfoot and all of that oh interesting Shayas. Um, yeah. what was my point again? <laughs> what? The squishers oh, the squishers like sound like cryptids to me. Mm-hmm. It just sounds nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this the name, squisher. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Like, why is it called that? <laughs> Don't elaborate, please. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, around midday, they come to the foot of a cliff with a small castle on it. It is Dire Den where Lord Brune sits, whoever that is. No uh, so they climb the cliff. Apparently they have to get over it to continue on their journey on their horses. And Podrick soon points out that a rider is following them. Oh. Brian looks at Crab, who's like, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that guy. Yeah, and at the last hundred feet from the top, they see what appears to be a woman peek at them from the top. Oh, a woman. Mm. A lady. Hmm. Brienne comes to the realization that Dick must have known Lord Brune, and he might be a deserter, because he seems like he doesn't want anything to do. With meeting up with Lord Brune. And apparently also all of Lord Brune's men are apparently in in the war that's going on. So it's just ladies and old men. At the castle? Um, yeah, in the Wait, castle. Wait, is it a castle? I think it's a castle. Let's describe it as a castle. Or is it a tower? It's one of those. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a small castle called Dire Den. <laughs> so... Sorry, are they headed and, towards the castle or just like I around think they gotta it? make their way around it? Okay, so they just avoid it. Got it. I think they were just like keeping an eye on them, making sure they weren't up to no good. These peoples got it. Um, when they uh get past it, Dick tells her that the road is ends there and now they will be taking the game trails through the forest and Bran is kind of worried because she's now she's completely reliant on dick i was also kind of worried because i was like is this the whole fucking chapter right <laughs> we're just slowly following dick who is super annoying well, yeah to sing songs and engage brianna in conversation that she has no time for so literally we could have skipped all this <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't need to jesus like I the mother the most interesting part of this travel is like their discussion about their old knights or whatever, like the little <laughs> comparing their heroes thing. But even yeah. then, I'm like, what really came out of that conversation? <laughs> was, Wait, it, it wasn't even like that interesting. It was like just the most interesting part. Maybe they just want me to feel bad about Dick. <laughs> Oh, what happened? you might be right. <laughs> it's like, come on, I want you to feel sad for it. No. 
Yeah, I want Good you. Good I want you to feel for him. Uh, he annoyed me too. Yeah. I guess there are parts of him that are kind of charming. But. Meh. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like. Can we just skip to the good stuff? I know. Emma! <laughs> like what, that song. Can we skip to the good part? Oh! You know that song? No. It's like <laughs> that a was new. It's like a TikTok song or something. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so they make camp that night. Next day is the same. She asks them how much further. He says they're getting close. <laughs> Relatable. Brand worries this is a trick, and she thinks that she may have to kill him, which makes her queasy. She remembers training with her master at arms when she was a kid, who told her that she had a man's strength, but a woman's heart, and he had her slaughtering lambs and piglets with the butcher to toughen her up. He had told her that in battle, a moment of hesitation means death. Wait, has she never killed anyone before? She definitely has. Are you sure? She definitely has. Are you sure? She must have. (laughs) When she was, like, protecting Jamie, I'm sure she got some scraps. And oh, she wait, wait, she cut people have... with Catelyn and Renly, right? Yeah. Did she? Yeah. She did! Yeah, she killed some fuckers to get out of I there. I think, yeah. It must have been easier for her to kill someone when she is in danger, but when it comes to just killing someone who's okay. not fighting her, maybe that makes her feel, like... Ugh. Okay. Ugh. That makes sense. Because I was like, why is she so, you know, thinking so hard about this right now? Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes uh, more sense. Uh, um, another day goes by. <laughs> Fucking <Damn>. hell. <laughs> this chapter. Can we skip to um, the good part? <laughs> here it is. <laughs> they come upon an abandoned castle on a cliff above the sea. Which Dick calls the Whispers. <gasps> Ooh. Now, Brienne ties her horse to a tree and looks down to glimpse the mouth of a large cavern. So she looks down the cliff and she sees a large cavern. And apparently that is where Dick sent the fool and Sansa. They make their way to the gate, which falls apart in her hands. But there is a rusted iron portcullis behind the gate that holds firm. So they walk around the castle to find another entrance. And they find another gate that looks recently used. Dick says that it must have been the fool and the girls. So she orders Pa to stay with the horses. And she enters with Dick. She forces the door open and hesitates. Then she lends Dick her long sword. And asks Pa to bring her Oathbreaker. Dick whistles at the sight of it. Like, boy, is that ever a blade. Mm. They enter the bailey, which I didn't bother to Google what that means. <laughs> it's a courtyard, maybe. A courtyard enclosed by a curtain wall. Okay, yeah, so it's like where the townsfolk live in a castle. Yes. <laughs> Figured. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it would be like King's Landing, but not the Red Keep. Yes. But <laughs> much smaller, probably one tenth of the sun. Oh, yeah. Probably uh, even smaller than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she looks around and she finds the remnants of a fire. It realizes that someone must have been there the night before. Oh. Dick starts calling out like an idiot. 
and she sees rustling in the bushes and a man steps out covered in dirt holding a broken sword. Brienne recognizes him. Pig, who I have no recollection of. Me neither. <laughs> I thought you would- oh, well I hoped you would remember. I would get an idea somewhere later on. <laughs> okay. A second man climbs out of the well holding a throwing spear and then Dick finds her fool hiding in the branches of a weirwood tree. And it's not who she's looking for, it's Shagwell, who jumps down laughing. And that name triggered, like, I remembered that name. Okay. But I was still at there, I was like, kind of like, but who is that again? <laughs> oh, I see. He is holding a triple morning star that he swings at Dick's leg, and his neigh explodes, and he falls. He said his neigh. <laughs> His nay. I mean, his knee. <laughs> uh, yeah, that made uh, me cringe. Yeah, Shagwell swings his morning star. Triple morning star. Three of them. The fuck? <laughs> and yeah, he, he uh, takes out Dick's knee, which... Whoa. <laughs> Money! Money! <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. <laughs> <laughs> Until I took a triple morning star to the knee. Well, Dick screams for mercy, and as Shagwell swirls the morning star again and brings it down on his face, he oh, dead. He's dead as fuck. Bam! All that chapter for this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bye. <laughs> yep. Um. The three men start making crude jokes that Brienne followed them because she wants Shake well. Hit. Brienne points out that there's only three of them now, and the Dornishman, Timian, says that they separated when they left Hall, and that Vargo Hote chose to stay. So he must, they must have been part of Vargo Hote's gang that grabbed her and Jamie and took his hand. The Bloody Mummers? Is that what they are? Yeah, the Bloody Mummers. Okay. And so apparently, um, the bloody members uh, disbanded when Bargo Hote chose to stay behind at Heron Hall because he believed that he was the Lord of Heron Hall and it's his right to stay. Whoa. But the mountain apparently killed him piece by piece and they made it last long. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Hope Heron Hall was worth it, Bargo. Yeah. Brienne tells them that she is looking for the daughter of Lord Stark. Timian tells her that the hound has her. Apparently, the girl was making her way to River Run when the hound stole her. Oh. Brienne asks how he knows that, and that he's, he says that he heard it from Lord Beric's men. Okay, um, when was he in contact with Lord Beric's men? Apparently, they uh, came across a couple of them and uh, forced them to tell him this before they killed them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brienne realizes that he's sharing all, all of this to distract her as Pig and Shagwell edge closer to her. She tells him to back off, but Timian tells her to drop her sword and give them her gold and they'll be gentle with her as they have their way with her. Or they will take her gold and rape her anyway and then kill her slow like the mountain killed Fargo Hope. Jesus. <laughs> Brienne's just like, fuck that. <laughs> she leans towards Pig and stabs him through his throat. Fuck yeah. Um, she spins around in time to duck Timian's spear. And in the instant there, she's like, remembering, like, don't hesitate. Choose one. 
shoots, shoots them between fighting uh, Timian and Shagwell. Then a stone hit Shagwell in the head, so she charges Timian. Timian is a better fighter than Peg, but not good enough. <laughs> his chainmail doesn't stand a chance against the Valyrian steel blade as she impales his belly. Fuck yeah. As she, <laughs> as she pulls her blade out, Timian pulls out a dagger, but Brienne cuts off his hand. That was for Jamie. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, bitch. He gasps, Mother, have mercy, and tells her to kill him, so she does. <laughs> she turns around to find Shagwell on his knees, fumbling for his morning star, as another rock hits him in the head. She turns to see Podrick standing on a collapsed wall, holding another rock. <laughs> <laughs> like... There he is. <laughs> he's the perfect assistant. Honestly, he's always the coming Robin in and saving Batman. people's butts. <laughs> yeah. He did that with Tyrion, now Brienne. Yeah. Sheesh, he's a good wire. Uh, he's a good boy. <laughs> Shagwell tries to crawl away while shouting that he yields and he's a good boy um, Bran orders him to dig a grave with his bare hand he says to just leave them to the crows and Brian says yeah she will but the grave is for Dick so it takes Shagwell the rest of the day to dig a grave with his hands so it's night time wait does he only have one hand? no no Timian only had one hand oh okay she <laughs> Got it. Brienne picks up Dick and has a hard time looking at his face because it is crushed. Mm -hmm. She apologizes for not trusting him. And Prod cries, Prod. <laughs> Pod cries out a warning, and Brienne turns to see Shagwell coming at her with a jagged rock. So she pulls out a dagger that she had in her sleeve and stabs him over and over again while telling him to laugh. Whoa. That's and then fucking after dark. A while, <laughs> Yeah. After a while, uh, she notices that she's sobbing and she drops him. Yikes. Yeah, super dark, but I also liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't like threats of rape. Yeah. Go off, sister. <laughs> Bran and Podrick both lower Dick into his grave, and she tosses two dragons down with him. Pod asks why. She says that that's what she owes him. They hear laughter behind them, and they turn to find Hyle Hunt sitting on top of the crumbling wall, watching them. He is a knight who led her around where Lord Randall was. Bathing pool? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He tells them that Lord Randall had ordered him to follow them, and then to take Sansa Stark from them if they found her. And he, also, he was also ordered not to harm Brienne or Pod. He asks her what the plan is now, and she says that she will head to Riverrun in an attempt to find the Hound. Hyle warns her that the Hound will kill her, but Brienne says that she'll kill him. <laughs> Not um, if I kill him first. Yup. And then she asks Sir Hyle to help them bury Dick, and together they cover his body. And that is that chapter. Yeah, so cool fight at the end there. Yeah, but why did it have to take all of those pages? <laughs> yeah, the traveling was... It was kind of painful. Mm-hmm. I didn't need that, George. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ah, boy. It's like, it took like a fucking week, and I'm like, I don't need a description of each day. Please. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I mean... <sighs> 
yeah, it's just, I guess it's gonna be this whole book, but yeah, we've talked about our feelings on <laughs> how the writing's going <laughs> on this book, in this book so far. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know if there's anything new we could add. <laughs> we'll just, you know, suck it up. Yep. Get through it. Kinda yep. <laughs> too bad that this uh, really long, torturous book has none of the good characters. <laughs> There's a bunch of new characters. I think he was trying something new. Yeah. It didn't work. And all, yeah, I mean, a lot of the new characters just don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> They're slowly pushing a story forward, but it's uh, done something else. Yeah. I feel like they were not. <sighs> Brienne, I feel like. She has reason to be one of the perspective characters. Yeah, yeah. Because her journey goes quite far. Yeah, yeah. And it takes her through a lot of other people's journeys, and and she has an effect on those other people. <laughs> I would say that's probably three or four, five. Okay, five. <laughs> Or do you like reading Sam? <laughs> Probably. Honestly, I don't. But there's so many of these new characters that I'm just like, why? Yeah, why? I mean, there's like Ario Hota. Why? And Victorian Greyjoy. Why? Okay. Yes. I guess you so... want to know what's going on over there. Yeah, but you don't need, you don't need these guys. All these new ones, like how many of them? Three of them. Just give us uh, Asha. That's it. Yeah, just keep giving us Asha if you want to give us what's going on on the Iron Islands. Because yeah, I only like her. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones just don't. Like, why? Why are we with uh... them? <sighs> like, it's there. I, I honestly don't know of a good reason why we are, <laughs> why we are with Victorian, or the Drowned Man, at all. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're giving us anything that we couldn't have gotten from Asha. No, he's probably just trying to give us some culture or something. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not into it. And then we have Ario Hota and Ariane Martel over in Dorne. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need them both. Oh, and Eris Oakheart. Don't forget him. I cannot care less about his chapter. Yeah, we do not need the three of them. It was just sex. And, oh, he's being manipulated. Oh, boy. Honestly, I don't think any of them should have been the perspective <laughs> character for Dorne. I think it should have been... You know what would have been fascinating? If what? it was Marcella. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that much better. Yeah. Or even, like, Doran. Maybe, yeah. He's got shit going on. Sure <laughs> Busy. Yeah. So I think him or Marcella should have been the one Dorn character. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Just my little rant. Hey everyone, just a quick aside. We just became affiliates of Buzzsprout, which is the hosting platform we use for our podcast. If you are interested in creating your own podcast, please consider using Buzzsprout. 
and made it easy to get our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other streaming platforms. They also provide you with a podcast website, detailed analytics to see how your episodes are performing, and tons of guides on how to improve your listenability. And if you follow our link in the episode description, you will get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan, and it helps support our show. Thank you. Back to the episode. And we are moving on to chapter 21. The Queenmaker. Ariane Martel. Oh boy. You ready? Yeah, keep her to me. <laughs> Ariane Martel arrives at the well at Shandy Stone as the sun is going down. It's an abandoned, dried up well in the sands of Dorne. She comes with her dear friends Dre and Silva, and Garen and Darkstar are already there. Oh, those are kind of fun names. Darkstar? Mm hmm. It's not his real name, but. Oh! It's, a, it's like a little, a little nickname. <laughs> Ariane shares a memory of her uncle and cousins with the others. As a reminder, I just wrote this down for myself because it took me a second to remember who she was. She is the daughter of Doran Martell, meaning Oberyn Martell was her uncle. Yes. And the Sand Snakes are her cousins. Yes. Okay, uh, she tells them that her uncle showed Tyene how to milk a snake. She also remembers what she was doing while Tyene learned, uh, though this memory of what she was doing she doesn't share. She was pretending some robber knight had brought her here to have his way with her. And I was like... It's a kink? It seems like some kind of rape fantasy. Which is mm. like... That's fine, but why is this important? Why do we need to know her kinks? Yeah, like why is this coming up? George? <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, it's fine. She this can have that. Oh, you no can have that kink. Here. Yeah, you can have that kink. That's fine. But I am curious as to what, what it means. What's it gotta do? What's it, what is it supposed to say about her? I don't know. Is he kink shaming her? Oh, I hope not. I think he's better than that. <laughs> but yeah, something to think about. Maybe we'll come up with an answer as we continue this chapter. Hee <laughs> hee. So, Garen reminisces about Prince Oberyn as well. Garen is Arianne's milk brother. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that means uh, Arianne was... Her, her wet nurse was Garen's mother. Okay, I thought it was something gross. No, no, no. no. They suckled <laughs> from the same titties as babies. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and they have been inseparable since then, I, I guess. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. So, Darkstar, or Sir Gerald? Gerald? It's G-E-R-O-L-D. Uh, you're better at pronouncing things than me. <laughs> I'd probably go Gerald. Okay. So, Darkstar, or Sir Gerald, says he is not a fan of the stories Oberyn used to tell about great knights. The great knights he told of were killed or led hundreds of thousands of men to their deaths. <laughs> Arianne thinks Sir Gerald Dane is the most handsome man in Dorne. And she thinks... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, Robber Knight? 
Okay, Miss Lust. Robber Knight moment? <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks their children would be as beautiful as dragon lords. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> what are. Would the dragon lords be Targaryens? Yeah. Okay, so Targaryens are just known for being very attractive. Probably, I guess. Okay. I think it was also implied that Arianne and Sir Gerald have shared a bed before. Because she, like, thinks about his... Kiss. Wiener? Okay. His, <laughs> his kiss. <laughs> she thinks that he has a cruel tongue, I think is what it was. Oh. He catches her looking and smiles, which makes her blush, and she thinks that she shouldn't have brought him. Because if Eris catches him looking at her like that, there will be trouble. As night falls, they speak about all the wonders and terrors supposedly happening in the East, and the Golden Company breaking its contract with Mir. Arianne believes her brother Quentin is responsible, that the Golden Company now serve him. But she thinks he will need more than their steel to cast her aside. Which is an interesting theory. I don't know how she believes her brother would have convinced them to break their contract. Yeah. But she knows more about him than we do, so... Okay. I need to know more about who this guy is. Yeah. I guess Who's Quentin? That part's kind of interesting. Like, Yeah, I want to know more about Quentin. When Sir Gerald leaves to pee, the others start talking about how they don't really like him. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what? Her crush? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Arianne reminds them that they need him for his sword and his castle. Ooh. She leaves them to bicker and uh, just like, goes and finds a spot to look at the stars. And she thinks about her brother some more. Okay. So, a little more info about Quentin. He was very young when he was sent to Eironwood. And Lady Malario, their mother, never forgave Prince Doran for paying a blood debt to Lord Ormond with their son. So Prince oh. Doran owed a blood debt to Lord Ormond. Okay. Whoever the fuck that is. I guess Some Lord of Eironwood. Wherever that is. Wherever that is. <laughs> oh, I've heard of this place. Yeah, and he paid off this blood debt by sending Quentin there. Okay. I don't know if that's in Westeros or on Essos, because I don't remember if Quentin... Because he, he's in Essos right now, right? Mm hmm I think he's in Essos. Is he older? Um, no, he's younger. Oh. What the map say? Uh, Does it say where it is? No. Just... I forget what the castle is called again. Uh, you're, you're, you're. you're on wood. You're on wood. So it starts so with a Y. Oh, yeah, it's right there in in Dorne. Oh. Yeah. It's part of Dorne. Yeah. Alright, so I'm pretty sure he is in the east right now, so he must have gone there on his own. Yeah. I don't think we know what this blood debt is. Or have we Why? even heard that there is a blood debt? Mm -mm. Okay, so this is totally new information. And uh, no idea who Lord Ormond is either. Nope. But probably the Lord of Euronwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just breaking I this guess. down for myself slowly. 
Arianne knows her father is still pretending that her brother is with Lord Euronwood. What? He sounds crazy now. <laughs> but Garen's mother saw him at the Planky Town, posing as a merchant. He travels with a maester skilled in tongues. She thinks that if Quentin were more clever, he would have left from Old Town, where he was less likely to be recognized. Left from Old Town? Yes. So... I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I think she has a sibling or someone in Old Town. Who? Ariane does? I think so. I think I heard something about in a in a previous chapter. Never mind, I think I'm confusing myself. Okay. <laughs> so wherever Planky Town is, he left from there. It sounds like that's in Dorne. Planky Town. So I think he must have set off two Essos from there. Okay. But she was like, well, if he left from Old Town, then maybe we wouldn't know that he had actually left Westeros because people uh. don't know him over in Old Town. Yeah. So she's like, this dum-dum left from Planky Town when he should have left from Old Town if he didn't want us to know where he was. Planky Town. <laughs> so I think... That's what's going on. Okay. Yeah. But also, the conviction with which Ariane thinks these things makes me wonder if she might not understand what's going on either. Yeah. <laughs> like, she seems to think pretty highly of herself. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, not unlike Cersei. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering, like, maybe Quentin did want to be spotted to... Maybe he but... wants them to know where he is, or maybe he's... Hmm. He's throwing them off his trail somehow by, like, making it look like he is going somewhere from Planky Town. I don't know. I have no idea what he's up to, if anything. No more about this guy. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. Where did you come from? So, I'm just, like, not sure that Arianne is right about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Sir Gerald Dane approaches Arianne and tells her this plan of hers may not work the way she wants it to. He tells her that crowning the Lannister girl is a hollow gesture. The Lannisters are not so easily provoked. I was like, um, have you met Cersei? <laughs> <laughs> he implies that in order to start a war, Arianne will have to kill Marcella. Ooh. Shut the fuck up, Geralt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ariane is no murderer of children and, like, tells him to put his damn sword away. Then Sir Eris arrives with, guess who, Princess Marcella. Ah, he brought her. Yeah, and she seems very confused, so Ariane explains to her that she is the true heir to the throne and Tommen has fallen in with evil men, etc., etc., she then introduces all of her friends to Marcella. When she introduces Sir Gerald Dane, Marcella says there was an Arthur Dane of the Kingsguard in the days of Mad King Eris. Good job. I mean, they're both Danes. I guess so. <laughs> Same house. As Silva takes Marcella to get some food and warm up, Gerald complains that his house goes back 10,000 years, but his cousin is the only Dane anyone remembers. <laughs> so yeah, Arthur Dane was his cousin. Sir Eris pulls Ariane aside and tells her Tywin Lannister is dead, murdered by the imp, 
and the queen has assumed the regency. After her initial shock at the news, Ariane thinks that a woman on the throne is a good thing and will make the kingdom grow accustomed to having a female leader by the time Queen Marcella takes the throne. Eris kisses Ariane, but she breaks free and tells him they can do that shit later. <laughs> she asks if he had any troubles getting Marcella out. He says she was good and didn't question him, but Prince Tristane had been a bit of a handful. He wanted to play a game with Marcella when they're trying to bounce with her. A game of doctor? <laughs> Wait, are they just kids? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, the game is called Savas. I think it was. I didn't see. It's like chess. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, they had disguised Marcella's handmaid as Marcella with red spots. Which sounds something like chicken spots. Chicken oh. spots, chicken pox. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Tristane has already had it, so he was like, it doesn't matter if I see her, I, I can't get it twice, kind of thing. Ooh. Yep. The maester didn't even bother seeing Marcella after they explained the spots to him. He said the disease just has to run its course. So, yeah. Uh Marcella's little handmaid is currently um, covered in spots and pretending to be Marcella back at Sunspear. Okay, so they set out across the sands, the seven of them, which feels significant to Ariane. She thinks about her father and Quentin and crowning Princess Marcella. Marcella grows tired at one point and they entertain her with talk of the history of the Roinar and uh, they talk about playing games with Prince Tristane as well, playing Sivas. Crivas? Sivas? Something like that. They stop for a break and decide they need to pick up the pace so that they aren't traveling the sands by day. The heat could kill the princess, as she's Ooh. not she's not accustomed to it, and it gets really fucking hot. Yeah. Sir Eris compliments Ariane's beauty um, while she's like covering her face with the veil, but she tells him that the veil is like practical. <laughs> it keeps the sand out of her face and protects her from the sun. She thinks that Eris is good in bed, but not so much with with the wit. He's dumb. It sounds like he's kind of clueless. He refuses to cover his face from the sun and the sand, and Ariane is reminded of something the young dragon once wrote. The arms of House Martell display the sun and spear, the Dornishman's two favored weapons, but of the two, the sun is more deadly. Ooh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They make their way to the green blood, which seems like it's just some kind of river. Oh. Like on the edges of the the sands or something? I don't know. Didn't really fully explain. But uh half a league downstream they find pole boats. Garen calls for the crew to wake up and greet their queen, but when the door on the pole boat slams open, it's Ario Hota, who steps out. Eh? Ario Hota. That sounds familiar. It should. He's the guy with the big axe. He's always with Dory Martell. Oh, his bodyguard. <laughs> yes. So his ass steps out of the pole boat. <laughs> Ariane feels like she just took an axe to the belly. You did. 
She shouts for Eris to protect the princess, but a dozen guardsmen appear on the deck of the pole boat with, like, crossbows and shit. Nice. Hota tells her to yield, or he is to slay all of them but her and the princess. Garen and Dre start to yield, but Eris shouts no. He puts his Aris, horse- you dumb fuck. Yeah, exactly what Ariane thinks. He puts his horse between Ariane and the crossbows and shouts that they will never take her while he draws breath. Yeah, they will. Uh, yeah, she thinks that he's being a fool. Didn't he have a smart moment in his own chapter where he acknowledges that if he went one-on-one with Ariel Hota, he's definitely dead? That sounds familiar. <laughs> blinded with his love of pussy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the golden purr. No purr. Uh, yeah, so Ariane thinks he's a fool. The others urge him to back down, but he gives Ariane one last longing look and fucking charges <laughs> at Ario Hota. He just wants to die. I don't... Uh, bruh? Ar- Ariane and Marcella both scream after him as he and his horse are fucking pelted with crossbow bolts. It's straight up suicide by cop. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right! <laughs> uh, Eris manages to down two spearmen, and his horse kicks a crossbowman in the face. So, what is the point? <laughs> well, he took out three guys, so that's the point. <laughs> Um, but his horse falls, Eris somehow leaps free, but he, like, lands on his knees, and he's struggling to lift his sword, but Ariohota is there when he looks up and takes off his head in one long, hard swing. <laughs> Ariane keeps thinking that this is not what was supposed to happen. She was so careful, it was all planned, and the men are scrambling around her, and she's suddenly seized and bound. Hota takes her himself, and he actually says he's sorry, but he must return her to Sunspear. What do you think about that, him saying he's sorry? Probably sorry for tying her up. Mm. She is the princess. sorry for forcing her back. Okay. That could be it. Not sorry, like, for foiling her plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry for, like, yeah. Like, putting her in such a degrading position mm-hmm. when she's princess. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Ariane asks how her father could know when she was so careful about it. Hota tells her someone told. Someone always tells. (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. So let's... That's the chapter. There's a couple things I want to talk about here. Mm -hmm. The first one was the fucking traveling again in this chapter. I cut it all out. I cut it all out for you guys. So, (laughs) well, if I cut my note, it'd just be a paragraph. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's again a lot of fucking traveling. Not as much as the last chapter with Brienne, but yeah, a lot of fucking traveling. We don't need it. And yeah, as you can tell, since I cut it all out, we didn't fucking need it. No. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> and then fucking Eris motherfucking Oakheart. Yeah. Just what suiciding himself. Like, for no reason? <laughs> like, they're done for anyways. They're not gonna get away. 
Why? Maybe I, he just doesn't want the dishonor. Yeah, I feel like it makes sense for his character. He would rather die than be taken prisoner, I think. But also, he wants to die protecting someone he loves, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he knew he was going to die, for sure. Uh-huh. But I think he was okay with... It made him feel good about himself to <laughs> think he was dying in to... Combat? One in combat? One in combat and for someone that he loved. Mm-hmm. Even though, yeah, pointless gesture. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. And also, like, why the fuck do we have a fucking chapter with this guy? Why? <laughs> it's like yeah his chapter is kind of like it was just the suggestion of we have to take her then this one they take her and then <laughs> that's it yeah so this is what I, I mean when I feel mm-hmm. like Brienne had a reason to have a perspective chapter in this book because she has a long journey etc Eris Oakhart, on the other hand, has a very short journey, we learned. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure his perspective was needed at all. And to me, I find that kind of frustrating because I I don't want to invest time in these people, in their perspectives, if I'm only going to be with them for one fucking chapter. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is a bit dramatic, but I feel like it's kind of insulting to the reader to do that. Give me one chapter with this guy and then you're gonna kill him? <laughs> That's like, kind of like what happened with Dick. He gives him all this story and it's just one chapter before his face is crushed in. Yeah, like to me that feels so cheap. <laughs> yeah. You have this massive world that you've built this is your fifth book, and right now, in one chapter, you're trying to get me to invest in a character and care about them when they die. All within one chapter. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just kind of, like, not good use of the world you've built, and is, like, a cheap way to play with the reader's emotions. Mm-hmm. It's like a jump scare versus like a really well-earned horror story, you know? Yeah. What do That's you think? what it feels like. It feels like <laughs> lame horror films that want to shock you with death. They like, give you a character, they give you like fast facts about their past so you like kind of like empathize with them. Then bam, they're dead. Are you sad now? <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't you don't even get the time to care about them. But well but they, like, make you feel like you should because they give you certain information that's supposed to elicit mm-hmm. uh, an emotional response. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm happy. Get of them. Well, no, it's frustrating because I feel like, as a reader, I do want to connect with these people. In Eris's chapter, I was like, okay, he's got some stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. I'm interested And then you kill him the next time we see him. Or nothing! And yeah, then I'm like, what the fuck was that for? Right. Versus, like, 
Ned's situation, we had him for a long time. Like a whole book. We were able to get invested and care about his goals and understand his relationship with all the other characters. And so it means something when he was lost. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm making sense in pointing out these differences. <laughs> you are. Okay, good. With intensive, you know, side useless characters. Just to watch them die. Who wants more death? Yeah, okay. and it's like, it doesn't have the impact that it should. No. And if you wanted to kill Eris Okart in this moment, and if you wanted us to see it and care about it, you needed to give us way more Eris Okart before <laughs> yeah. this moment. <laughs> One chapter is insulting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> about the heiress Oakheart dying in this chapter. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, at the end there, what is kind of fun is that someone told on Ariane, and I'm like, ooh, who told? Sing Sir Geralt. Oh, me too! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's I a reason why her friends don't like him. Yeah, so there's that, which is a pretty good indicator. And then he even, he's the one person who actually speaks against this plan of hers. Ah, yeah. Even if it was brief, he was like, I don't think this plan is gonna work. Kill her! <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little sus of him. Yeah. Mr. I cruel be Tongue. Cru yeah, Cruel Tongue. <laughs> Mr. Robber Knight. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same page there. Too much traveling. Yeah. Let's go to the good stuff. <laughs> who who well, do how we... far are we? In the book, we are not even not even halfway. <laughs> <laughs> we have Arya and Elaine. Elaine. Who is Elaine? Oh, Sansa. <laughs> oh. Okay. Arya and Sansa. Hey, are those both my I don't think I'm either one of those, so yep, they're both you. Fantastic. <laughs> Come back next time for Arya and Sansa, and hopefully we'll have less traveling. Yeah. But if we do have traveling again, hopefully you enjoy our complaining. <laughs> That's it for this episode. If you want more of the podcast, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at Tigbab Podcast or follow us individually. My handle is Crimby and Jess's is Jess.Egan24. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Tigbab Podcast or Tea is Good, Books Are Better and we will show up there. Also, please subscribe to our good friend Baram Barami on YouTube. He's the one who made our jingle, which you heard at the start of the episode, and he makes some really cool music. That's B-A-H-R-A-M. You can also find him on Spotify as Barambient. That's B-A-H-R-A-M-B-I-E-N-T. And please check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash better. We have a few different tea-themed tiers with fun rewards, including outtakes, BTS stuff, and mini-episodes in which we force our brother to watch Game of Thrones, which he absolutely hates. So it makes for some fun discussions slash arguments. <laughs> Finally, if you would be willing to share the podcast with your family and your friends, it would be a huge help to us to grow the podcast. Thank you so much. Adios. Adios. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.